0: Hi, welcome to Mark Langley Horsemanship's podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes.
1: And I'm Mark Langley. Nice to talk to
0: you, Mark. You're in Victoria. How is it over there?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good in Victoria. I've uh, been, been a bit cold, but um, but yeah, I'm on the Murray River out at Swan Hill, which is uh, sort of getting getting close to more Western Victoria. And yeah, nice uh, nice venue where I'm at and nice people. So really, yeah, enjoying it. But it's been a bit of a road trip through Victoria to get in a few few clinics down down this way
0: oh that's fantastic okay so we've got some questions from the members um as as always every fortnight the first one i'm going to hit you with is from daniela it's not really um a question as such it was more sort of um just to see what thoughts she had she's been listening to another podcast um from some professionals who were talking about the connection between a horse's hooves and their feet which is really fascinating what what are
1: your thoughts on that? Um, I think you might mean hooves and uh, teeth. Sorry, what did I that?
0: say? <laughs> Sorry, hooves one. and teeth.
1: <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, the the it, it's an interesting uh, connection. And for a long time, every time I've spoken to sort of uh, whether that be good blacksmith farriers, um, yeah, for a while there I worked in um, Scotland, and 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 the, and the, you know the farriers over there um, were all uh, you know they'd, they'd have to do their profession, so they'd have that they, they were sort of master farriers um, to be legally allowed to shoe horses over there, and um, and also you know throughout Australia, and I've got a really good friend who's who's been an equine dentist for a long time, and and also working with other equine dentists and stuff over the years of, of being around horses. Um, yeah, you hear it said a lot that the connection between the foot and the mouth. Um, is you have to have the feet right and the teeth right because uh, there's so many problems related you know from those foundations as in it's, it's kind of like that what they say is the two things that touch the ground uh, are so important so yeah definitely most definitely the um especially for, to, for the uh you know the the, the the whole skeletal structure and muscular structure of a horse it's, it's very important to to have have the feet right and, and 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 the teeth right
0: so i'm guessing if one goes wrong actually the other one goes wrong and vice versa is that right
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'd like lo- i'd like to listen to the podcast actually to 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 to, to 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 listen more about it but um yeah basically yeah one one's one will cause a problem and the other one will cause a problem um but but yeah they're, they're the first two things that you sort of want to be like a, a lot of times I've heard it is they're the first two things you want to be looking at, you know. Instead of getting a, you know, someone in to look at certain um, muscular or skeletal problems, you want to be addressing those ones first.
0: Okay, all right. Um, has got a question for you. Um, she's been doing some exercises with her horse called Sunny, and um, she her question is in relation to when they're when they're both moving. So. She can move alongside Sonny on the ground. So whether they're long raining or long raining with one rain or working, walking beside him at the girth area, um, he will get quite worried or even defensive. So he'll sort of look back to find out where she is. He'll rush off to get away from the pressure of having her in his bubble. He can get defensive, he can give a snake head, sharp eyes, and even once tried to nip and cow kick. So he will allow her into his bubble. Provided that um, one of them stands still so she can ask him to walk past her or she can walk around his body, no problem. But when they're both moving together and she's not in front, that's when he has a problem. Um, He's still doing what she asks of him. But what can she do to help him feel safe with her being beside him or behind him when he's moving? She has done these exercises multiple times with no change in regards to him feeling safe.
1: Yeah, um, I really like your observation, Dakara, on the um, the fact that one of you has to be standing still because, um, you know, oftentimes I'll show people just you know how worried their horse is at just moving together, or even if just you know the the person the horse walking past the person standing still. But um, you know, I don't I don't think it's often thought about how moving together can be. Uh, such a difficult thing, especially from, you know, back past the eye, um, especially on, 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 on some horses where one side's really troubled. You know, it, you know, the horse has a lot of difficulty at trying to connect or assess that person on one side. And there's various reasons for imbalance, but um, I'm not going to talk about the imbalance so much so as just the fact that he's um, not feeling so well about you down, down when you're working with him down the sides and behind him. Now, um, it's one of those things that I, uh, uh, when you're trying to teach your horse, that it's it's like graded exposure. So, uh, so so when I do the leading by lesson, the reason I do that lesson is so the both the person and the horse are moving together when they start the lesson. As in, the person and the horse start together. The person's kind of in a position facing, you know, back looking back past the horse and just leading the horse out to the side and, and you can turn around at any time you could even do the lesson where you're walking forwards with the horse and gently ask them to go past you uh, like if you were gently throwing an arrow or oh, sorry uh, um, throwing a dart and then you just gently cast the horse to walk past you now with that lesson that the, it, it as I say it's the doing it in increments, the greater exposure that sort of helps. So when I'm walking a horse at my eye, whether I'm walking backwards and, and, and the horses and I've just got them out on the side and walking off to one side on the eye um, is I wait till the horse softens and follows a feel. And so let's go of any brace. So I'm looking at the, you know, the hardness or softness of the eye. I'm looking at, um, you know, the tension in the face. I'm also probably feeling and listening for that, the breathing. And I'm feeling in my hand for the, for the amount of tension the horse is carrying in. Is It's not leading softly and things like that. So all those things come into play before I even sort of send the horse past me. So it's just not like I'm just sending it past and, you know, wandering beside it till it gets used to me. I'm actually getting it soft. It's still carrying me on just the side of its eye. And then when the horse kind of relaxes there and softens, then I just... Uh, generally it starts to carry a fairly nice forward thought and then i can just sort of slow my feet a little and just send the horse past and then the horse puts me further down the ribs opposed to me sort of just walking back there and so that's that's so maybe you might have to spend a bit more time just getting him to soften and only maybe go you know maybe walk at his wither for a while opposed to sort of at the rib cage or the hip and get him so he's comfortable with that The other thing that's very important that you want to look at is where your thoughts are as, um, you know, so where you're looking and thinking. So once you send the horse around and if you were to turn around and look in the same direction, him as walk with him, you've got to blend with him in his field. You can't be sort of pushing on him and sort of try. and, And if he's crabbing away a little, if you're kind of crabbing with him, it makes him feel like you're pushing him. So, It's very important that if he was to crab away and a bit uncomfortable, so you're not going with him, you actually step away and try and draw him back into you a little bit. So you've got to sort of look in the direction that he's going, not at him, and don't have your toes pointing towards him and just walking into him as you're walking with him. You're just going with him, um, just gently following his feel, not trying to intimidate him in any way or make him feel like you're sort of, and I know, you know, you may not be deliberately pushing on him, but sometimes just a little subtle accidental bit of body language can make a horse feel a little bit like a little snaky. Um, you know, they'll, they'll turn around snaking and, what are you doing? So, um, but, you know, sometimes maybe what you want to do to start with is you could try this when he leads past you you could just gently follow his direction, but let him go a little faster than you so he's moving away from you and increasing the distance and then repeat it until on the third or fourth or 10th time, depending on how he is, um, you're actually going at the same speed as him with him, but you might just let him drift away a little as you're following him, but he's going just a little faster. And then, and then um, until he gets used to that, and you just walk off with him. And then also in the long reigning part of it, like today, I had a horse at the clinic. That, you know, the best part of the two lessons was once I got the horse sorted out and confident in, in with the boundaries there, that it wasn't too much of a hard job for the for the student. I just got them, and they, and the, the best part of the time, they just stood behind the horse and just moved across to the side little and moved across the other side, one getting the horse used to the long reins. And the other one was just getting the horse used to them being back there because this horse had a lot of trouble with someone behind them. And before we even ready to drive that horse forward or um, you know, start to think about that, you know, she's gonna have to spend a bit of time really behind that horse. And right at the end we did a few little sessions where the horse, you know, for just for a few minutes, just the horse walked forward a little and stopped and walked forward a little stop But you know, most of the time was just spent Getting the horse very comfortable with her just being back there and not doing anything at all except the bare basics. So, but yeah, it's a real good observation about, and I think everyone should recognize that as can I, can you move and I stand still? Can I move and you stand still? And can we both move together? And does it all feel good? Um, if one of those is wrong, then we, we have to fix it.
0: Okay the next question is from Nicole. Nicole is in Virginia in the US um, she says she's incredibly jealous of all those who are in driving distance of one of your clinics she would it's a dream for her to come over and see you so that's that's really nice and hopefully you will one day Nicole. Um, Nicole has a 12 year old Tennessee walking gelding um, who prior to um, coming to her was desensitized training Um, and he was a horizon horse, nervous, head shy and very reactive and she she says though that uh, your approach has totally changed the dynamics Um, and been a game game changer for her horse and her so thank you for that she says. Um, Her question though is to do with uh, leaving his buddy behind. So she has a 20 year old injured mare who she doesn't train um, and she wants to do this sort of the separation uh, away from from her on the ground as opposed to under the saddle. She's seen your videos riding a horse away for the first time, but her question is how can she actually do that from the ground, please?
1: Yeah, okay, so so the separation thing is, it's much the same as what you do under the saddle. Um, and as I was you, you know, saying before, it's, it's you, you do things in increments. Um, so it doesn't matter how you do it. It's the philosophy behind it. Um, I mean, so, sorry, it doesn't matter how you do it, but it doesn't matter if you're on the ground or on the horse or or whatever. It's, it's just the philosophy behind it. So the first thing before you think about taking a horse out, you know, I believe very strongly in that that horse can recognize that it's it can connect with you and feel safe with you, and if what you've been doing with your horse is really uh, helping that, and I'm, I'm, and and actually, by the way, I'm, you know, thank you for your nice comments because it's it's really nice to be able to, you know, touch and help people, and I and I, I really get a lot of in, enjoyment out of, you know, seeing positive changes. So yeah, it's nice to hear that 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 you know, I've I've been able to offer some help to you, um, and it's also good to hear that 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 you've you've made some nice changes for your horse. Um, but yeah, with the um, the, the the separation anxiety, no, sorry, the yeah separation anxiety is connection disability. So basically, when you get the horse used to leaving the other horse the saddle on the ground, doesn't really matter which one it is. It's still a similar philosophy. Um, you've just got to think about it. Now another another way, which maybe you haven't heard me explain before, um, is is I talk about it like a war zone so the reason I talk about it like a war zone is I try and get people maybe feeling a bit more compassionate of what horses go through instead of oh you know my horse is excited or this or that and the other so I I just I just sort of you know talk about a scenario that imagine if you were in a war zone and you went to another country for instance like a war-torn country and you've been dropped off in the streets of Kabul, for instance, and, and right, right when when you know that you know that all the fighting was on, and you're like, right, oh, I'm in the middle of these streets, um, you're gonna feel like you're in enemy territory. But say, for instance, you know, you got dropped off at a base that was kind of like an allied area there, and that was that was where you felt safe. Um, and what happens with horses is there's that base where they feel safe. Okay, righto, there's no enemies in here, the, the base is safe. So one of the basic, um, you know, philosophies is getting a horse is, is to feel safe going into new places is you only take them so far into enemy territory and then bring them back to a safe place. Um now, first of all, the horse has to be connected. As I said before, it has to have a connection with you, feel safe with you. If you don't have that, then basically um, it, it, it's not got the confidence of a leader and another uh, ally that it's going out with, so it's going to get uncomfortable um, straight away, even when you just take it away from its mates. But even if you started where its mate is, you just take it away for a little bit and bring it back, and you take it away for a little further and bring it back. Um now, imagine that as you go out, that line of enemy territory—say um, it's a circle around the base—that that basically circle gets larger because that horse has been out and realised that's safe and there's no enemies in there anymore. So the horse feels safer at going further and then coming back. But the thing that you're telling your horse every time is, if I take you away, I'm going to bring you back, and you and 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 you you do that thing with, with a lot of horses, even on you know, young horses are riding out, leading out, doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you show them that horse. And the only way to tell a horse you're gonna bring it home is you take it out only for a short amount of time and bring it back. That could be only a couple of minutes. And 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 then you keep doing that. Now that's only as good as, you know, so sometimes you're gonna be in a situation where the horse does freak out a little, and then you've obviously if you've worked on being able to distract that horse, centre it with you, take its mind off that worry that it was thinking about, and you also got that as a tool to sort of help when, when things don't always go right. <clears throat> but basically, you're only just, you know, allowing that. So so I guess the video that you're talking about is when I'm riding and the horse just comes back and it goes out and comes back and goes out. Well, I'm just I'm using that same philosophy. Um, so you go out a little. You can go out till the horse just starts to get a little anxious and bring it back or you could just go out a certain way and then bring it back and then go out a little further and if you think um yeah it is getting anxious bringing it back a bit but what happens when that line that that enemy territory line circle grows you don't have to bring the horse all the way back you can actually bring it back into allied territory which means um you know that alloyed territory might've been right where the horse was originally, but then later on, it could be a hundred metres away from the yards. It could be 200 metres away from the yards until eventually the horse feels safe with you and, and knows you're going to bring it home. And, and yeah, you just, you just do that. You just grade that, that exposure out until you can go further and further out um, and, and be very good at understanding how to distract and connect with your horse. Uh, if, if there's a spot where your horse suddenly has a bit of a flip out moment. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the biggest problem I sort of see all the time at clinics. So thank you, yeah, thanks for the question.
0: Next question is from Carolyn. Um, um, she has a three year old mare who's only just been started. Um, she's taking very slowly with her. She's having trouble with the forward aid when she rides, particularly into trot. She feels that she's quite a brave mare. She has been working through the challenge. Any suggestions?
1: Okay, so the forward into trot. Okay. Um, Forward is an interesting one and and, um, it's the one we all need, because it's the one we want a horse just to travel freely. Uh, And often, you know, I see, and also in the day and age of machines, it's interesting because when everyone, and, and even myself, the better I I got at just riding and use my ability to ride, the less I sort of thought about stuff. And then um, once I really started trying to nut, nut, nut everything out with horses and become better at understanding why horses had troubles, I, I really now know how to itemize everything I'm doing and, everything has a, every everything I'm asking is a specific question and it has a, a specific answer. Whereas before I think, you know, I, I used to sort of maybe started just to rely on, you know, growing up and riding horses. You just do it because you can. Um, and I see that knee jerk reaction of just keeping legs on to keep a horse going and, you know, keeping the reins in the right place to keep the horse going where you want it to do and, and what where you want it to go. And, and then it ends up, you know, horses get ridden like motorbikes or driven like cars that we just point it and go. And um, and that's why a lot of horses start to block out legs and zone out and things like that. So the, the accelerator is a very important tool to, to, to teach and it takes a little time to get horses confident and every horse is a little different. So it's hard to give you the, the most specific answer. But basically for horses that lack a little confidence they have a comfortable speed a lot of them have a comfortable speed and that might be just a slow walk to start with or might be a medium walk now what you're looking at is the horse you're not trying to make the horse go past its comfortable speed okay so you're not saying kick it in the belly and make it go faster and, and then just leave it alone because that horse goes too fast for me i'm frightened and then it sucks back Um, so basically something you want to think about is find out what the horse offers you so if the horse is walking find out what walk it is think about that walk and go right I know you can give me this walk and this is your confident walk so let's lock that one in and then basically all you do is you bring your horse below that walk and then you say can you go back up to that walk but can you do that quite smartly so the horse learns how just to accelerate up to where it's comfortable. So the horses, by, by bringing them below where they're comfortable, they f- feel a lot better about going up because they've been there before and they're comfortable with that one, so they're happy to go up to that, but they're not happy to go further than that. So you just keep doing that same transition and and, and getting that until it's really nice and I guess, soft and snappy, not snappy and hard and you know, frightening. But, and then when the horse was kind of soft and snappy at that, what will you find as is, is it offers you a fast walk? Uh, the other thing you want to look at in the walk, and I know we're talking about the trot here, but there's a bit to build in the walk foundation. Once the horse can accelerate up comfortably, it'll, there'll be a point where it'll offer you a fast walk and it can go from the slowest walk or a stop right up to a fast walk. And you'll feel that accelerator feels silky smooth, and 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 the horse is nice and soft. Then you'd start to think about walking it up. And then um, what 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 I do is I I get people to sort of tell me when their horse is thinking trot. And they go, well, how do you know that? And I go, don't worry, you'll know it because when you when you've worked on that accelerator and that horse is nice and smooth going up up through the walk, you'll just go walk. Well, a little faster walk a little faster walk a little faster and the horse going, I'm going faster I'm going faster I'm going faster and then all of a sudden the horse goes oh I'm starting to think about trot now because I don't have much walk left and then you feel the horse going into this little amble or little, little something that feels like a trot thought and uh, then you just relax and let it happen um, if the horse goes back to walk that's okay you just do that again so when the horse gets to that trot thought you go okay is this a hard thought or a soft thought? What I mean by that, does the horse go, Oh, I'm going to trot and get all tight? So before it even trots, you can back out and say, Let's just find that walk again, and then go back up again until the horse goes, Oh, I just might trot. And then if it feels like a nice soft one, you just help it into trot. But what happens is you just get it to that point, you know it's going to drop into trot, and then you just let them drop into the trot. Um, And what'll happen is all the pressure will come off the horse as the horse goes into trot. You're not going to be squeezing trot and then letting off because you've already kind of let off a little as the horse was thinking, I might just do this. So you just keep working up to the walk until the horse feels like it's going to give you a soft trot. And then generally, you know, it's going to give you a soft trot. So it does. Um, And then after a while, when the horse has done those trot transitions a few times, well, you can go, well, now let's just trot. And you might be able to do it from a medium walk or a slow walk then. But after it's found, the trot a few times. But yeah, that's, that's probably, I mean, mostly what I'm trying to encourage people to look at when they're first getting a horse to edge up into trot without any kind of big, bad transitions. Just, you know, if they just want a nice, soft, smooth transition, that's how I'd work on it.
0: Okay, Keeping on uh, the subject of young or or green newly started horses, Nicole has a a green mare who's had some time off and has come back into work and has bucked her husband off um, and bucked again, um, but has since settled down. The problem is, though, that she just has lost some of that trust. Is there any way that she can get through this?
1: Um, um, so, so has she lost lost trust in the horse or the He's horse lost, lost, lost trust in,
0: yes, so the horse is,
1: has settled down.
0: Yes, that's right. So she hasn't had a lot of rides on her since the backing episode, but she did settle down. She has ridden her no problem. Um, but now she's sort of reminded of the history that, um, you know, she's, she's, she seems to be okay, but could she do it again?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Don't worry. Fear, fear of death is everyone's fear. Um, and and as as the more the more experiences we have or negative experiences we have, um, the more we have the memories of, of what happened in the past. Um, and it's it hard. It's sometimes hard to shake those memories out of our mind. And, and don't worry, I, I I can feel you on that because um, you know over the years of of, of probably doing now, um, you know the horses that. You know the, the the horses that you know. Sometimes I felt like I was the last on the line um, to help that horse through. Um, you know, some of them are really tough horses, and and, and those memories, you know, they don't don't ever really go away. So I can only really help you in in your confidence with your horse trying to get over it. If you think your horse is, you know, so obviously. Um, there's ways that you can test your horse out and find out how your horse is going with his confidence and things like that. But um, for you, yourself with the, with the horse, I I tend to use distraction. Um, I I tend to set up little tasks and, and I'm not a very goal orientated person. I'm far from that. I I just kind of wake up each day and I, I do, I do my job and, 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 and I do what's in front of me. I don't, I don't plan a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not one of those people. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do, but, but yeah. So, so when, when I've got a, like, so when I say set up a task, I, I'm not saying I'm going to set up a whole big, you know, plan. Um, but what I do is I set up a little distraction. Okay. So I might just say to myself, okay, if I look over the horizon and I'm on a young horse, i if I look over the hill and go, geez, I've got to go between here and there, that's a long way and something could go wrong. So that's obviously such a big task that there's so many little hurdles along the way that, you know, you're going to carry tension the whole way. So what I tend to do when I'm working with horses is, um, is I just try and focus on that moment and uh, say what I'm feeling for, what question did I just ask, did the horse soften, how's the horse feeling? Trying not to go too far into what could happen, where it could go wrong. So even if I just say leading the horse on the ground, uh, oh the horse felt a little, little a little braced there. Well, I might just work on that till the horse softens. Oh, got oh, good. It softened, good. I, I, that's that's nice. That that feels good. And um, distract yourself in in the sense of just the feeling that you're feeling with the horse, as in when the horse kind of softens a little. And, and and just little things like that, just 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 you know, oh God, there's a bit, you know, I feel tension here. I might just work on that. Don't worry about where that tension's going. Don't worry about oh why the horse has got it. Don't buy into any of that. Just go. I've just noticed that. And I'm just going to help my horse and just try and figure out a way you can help the horse through that. So just in the little groundwork exercises. But when I get up on the horse and I'm kind of up there going, oh, I feel a little unsafe. Well, I just work on the same principle well, I'm just going to take a left rein and I'm going to just take that left rein and I'm going to steer the horse and I'm only going to just steer it till it looks over there a little bit. Then I'm going to go, oh, good, that was my first little goal that I set. I just want the horse to follow that left rein a little bit. And when the horse softens with it, you smile and go, good, I've just done that. And then you just take the right one and you do that. and You, you set up just little things that are only very small, but you think about those things and whether the horse achieved it or not. And if you've got to help it a little more or not, um, don't, don't get caught up in the big picture of what might happen. Get caught up in the little tiny things that are happening. And and when I when I get people out on trail and stuff, you know, instead of looking at the gateposts that you want to ride to, I say, look at that piece of grass over there. That piece of grass might only be a few meters away from you, but if you ride to that piece of grass and you and you ride around it, you go, well, I've just done that. Cool. I've and every time you tick one of those little tiny goals off you feel a little better but when you look up over the horizon and go geez I've got to get from here to there that gets a bit scary so I just break things down into really small pieces and 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 um and I just try and live in the moment of what I'm doing not in the future and that that's only just a few moments ahead of myself not not a long way ahead of myself and so you know, I might have you know, when I'm riding the horse, I might have a little obstacle course in front of me of little tiny footprints or holes in the ground or weeds or bits of grass that I'm just going. I'm just going to ride through there. I'm just going to maybe turn here, um, and that might just distract me off 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 the bigger picture. I just use those little distractions. But 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 as I say, the other thing is is, is I'm just feeling on the horse, and I'm not I'm not seeing. Um, if I feel a bit of brace in the horse, instead of feeling that brace and going, oh crikey, it's going to buck or it's going to bolt, I, I still got to have that in my mind. But I'm going to say, okay, I might just take this rein and help that that horse out a little bit, and I just give myself a little job to to sort of help the horse through. And I think that's the way I do it. But but yeah, with your own self confidence, it's a you know, there's other things that you can do, and there's other people you can see too. There's so many people out there that can offer. You know, if suddenly you feel like you're a bit emotionally damaged after a bad experience or what, you, what what happened with your husband and things like that, there are other people out there that can really help you get good positive mindsets. Um, I'm only telling you what I can do, uh, what I do for myself. And sometimes I think maybe I've got to go see someone in some areas to help help me with some, um, you know, tension that I carry. But, yeah, I just chatter away with little distraction in my head and 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 just keep those little tasks that I can I can do in front of me and, and that that helps me out a lot.
0: So does does she sort of um do need to feel that there's she can be hopeful though you know once a horse bucks like that you know after a break does that mean that they're always going to butt like that or you know with your experience do they do they get better what what can she expect?
1: Oh no! Bucking is just a sim. Like you know, there's 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 various types of bucking in horses, and some horses really, you know, they 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 get. Some horses just buck because they haven't had a saddle on for a while, and they're girthy, and they got moved out a bit fast, and they got a bit of a fright, or they were just humpy in the saddle, and um and and then it it, it, and you'll never see it again. Some some horses buck, and you see it again. generally to get your own confidence if you're feeling on your horse to see what's happening is if it was going to be a real fear bucky, you would have found after the buck the horse would have been a lot tighter a lot a lot more um, you know frightened Uh, the girthing might have been you know more more tense and things like that the mounting would have been more tense but if if you've got over that one bucking instance and things are okay sometimes you could probably I'm not saying this guaranteed but sometimes you could put it down to that maybe we just took the horse a little hurry, uh, you know, a bit hurried after the break and the horse wasn't quite ready. But now that we've sort of, that's happened, we've gone a bit careful and now the horse is back in work and it's going okay. Because there's plenty of times I've been caught unstuck, like even in, in our stallion years ago. I remember um, a, a lady turned up with her daughter and she, they were looking at a pony that we had um, and I'd started this pony for for a lady and, and then we were kind of helping her sell it and um and I thought, oh, I'll just get on the stallion, I'll go out and ride with the daughter and, and and she can ride the pony, and things will be all okay. But what happened was I threw the saddle on the stallion and he bucked like anything and I'm like, oh, but I just took it for granted that, that oh, he was a quiet horse when I started him and um, and he really went to town and luckily, and I didn't know what the mother thought I thought the mother must have be looking at me going. Holy cow! Are we buying a horse off the right people here? <laughs> but anyway, he sort of settled down, and we went out on a ride, and he was fine on the ride. We came back in, and and then next time I bought him in, I thought, "Mate, I'm sorry, mate, I, I was I, I was just a bit rushed then." And I, um, but when he was in work and I started him, I I worked him according to his, you know, where he was. So each day was a progression of the last day. So he never really did that. But when I threw him in the deep end for a second after he had a spell, he bucked. But then when I got him back in again, I just went a bit slower with him. And cause that was in my mind. And I thought, I don't want that to happen again. But then after that, well, he didn't, he didn't buck again. He just, he just said, "All oh, right, I just, you just, you threw me in the deep end there. And, and, and so he was fine. So I completely trusted that had, if I got him in now, though he hasn't been ridden for years, I'd go, that's in there, that he's done that. So I would just, him a couple of days to settle in probably knowing it was just him being overwhelmed because of his time out and getting thrown in the deep end so chances are with your horse that's probably all that's happened you know i'd like to think that's all that's happened and then and once you know that then you can go okay well as long as i just don't throw him in the deep end after a spell then you know i'll be okay it's not just you know the horse is going to be in work and just suddenly buck randomly
0: okay good luck with her nicole you have to let us know how you go um, Karen has, um, has got started to do a little bit of working equitation with um, Kitty. She was a black mare that she had at the Gundagai clinic. She loves the obstacle work, um, but if they want to go any further, they have to start doing a little bit of dressage. Um, and the instructor has said to her that eventually they'll have to do some contact. So she's hoping to work, um, actually work through that with you when she comes to one of your clinics in October. But she says, please can you run through the things that she needs to have working really well with her horse before they start to work on contact?
1: Yeah, good, really good point that one because (laughs) once upon a time when I started horses and worked them, I must admit, I would have had them in contact a lot quicker than I do now. Um, and, you know, getting a bit of a, a kind of a, a bit of a frame on them. Or I, I thought at the time it was a frame, but I realised I was only getting them to give in my hands and sort of soften in the jaw, I suppose, and just loosen up in the front. But um, now, because I'm very passionate about the horse understanding each individual thing and and also the geometry of the reins and, and, and how the different angles and affect the horse through its whole body and, and how having having to understand each individual rein individually and then putting them together later, I I now sort of, and, and, and how soft a backup has to be, how a horse has to transition from walking to backup and use its whole body and and, and all those things, then I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sort of encourage people to sort of take a little longer to understand you know, to get their horse to understand be- things before they, you know, ride them in contact. Now, contact is, I guess, the way I explain it is when a horse understands how, like I say, in people, for instance. Okay, say if contact was, say if the reins were writing, learning how to how, how to write, uh, or 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 reading and writing, I suppose. But but um, when you're learning how to write, you learn how to shape a letter and you keep shaping that letter until you can shape it really nice and 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 you can get the shape right and then then you have to learn all the letters and shape them and then then those letters have to be put in a word and then those words have to be put into a sentence and then those sentences have to be put into a paragraph and then when you're going really good and you're getting further on in your riding, it turns into running riding and you join the letters together and it just, just smoothly flows along. And that's the way I see contact is every rein position and every thing we're doing on the horse, you know, every individual one is just shaping that letter and then putting those words together and then contact is when, you kind of read that sentence and, and, and it, or you write that sentence and it just flows along nicely, one thing to the next, all joined together. So what I would say is if you can get that horse, one of those ones that is really important in contact, uh, when the people pick up on the reins, you want that horse to pick up and soften through its body um, and have its thoughts kind of with you not pushing out into the horizon too far and just traveling along and kind of loose. So one of the big transitions you want to really work on, you know, apart from the horse understanding all the rain positions from yielding the hip over with, with the indirect rain that comes in more to your sort of sternum. And then, you know, just moving the shoulders out a little with the indirect rain that will push up against the snack a little to, to following the feel the inside rain, uh, the um, like the direct rain, So the horse can look into a turn and step in a little bit. So all those things, if they understand them individually, but the one that really needs to kind of work really nice before you sort of want to ride the horse into contact is a horse slowing down and softening and transferring, like like transitioning from forwards to backwards. So basically before the horse goes into a reverse Uh, it has to have softened and loosened up in its its jaw and loosened up through its body, picked up its wither a little. And and, and, and you want it at a stage that you've walked into that back up enough times that the horse will actually soften before its its feet are going in reverse and its mind's reversing. So if you can get to, to the stage that you can walk the horse, pick up on a feel, the reins and that horse just draws back through into that backup, but um, the horse is actually loosened before it's going in reverse and before it goes into that two beat backup rhythm, then chances are you're getting closer to riding that horse forward into a field and the horse kind of picks up its body and carries itself forward a little better. If the horse is kind of backing up and then suddenly loosing partway through the backup, then then you still got a brace in there when the horse is going forward. And that means you've got that brace you're probably going to have to revert to what a lot of people do is wriggling or knocking the reins a little or just milking the reins a little one at a time and that's kind of like a it becomes an addiction because it comes a false a false sort of way now it can work and i've seen it work and um and i've seen people kind of can sort of blend it in and still get the desired response but also i can i've seen it used a lot that the people just use it as a cue for the horse to loosen its jaw but if they take up a bit of a set rein or on the horse, the horse still braces. So if the horse has got to a stage it loosens and then backs up, that's getting pretty close because what you'll do is you'll pick up the feel of the reins, you'll feel the horse loosen, and then instead of backing up, you just put a little feel, ride your core forward, and the horse will ride forward and round up a little more into the into that contact a bit. And I think that's a better way because um, you feel it right through your horse opposed to just getting it to loosen the jaw and just feeling a softening in your hands, but your horse is still kind of hollow down, down, you know, along its back and things like that.
0: Wonderful. That's all we've got time yeah, for bit, today. Yeah. So thank you very much for all the questions and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Jenny.